Shelton. It's Dainer and Jay. All right, welcome to a awful, disgusting, merciful, historical, historical, most importantly, final walkout of the season. Paul Jr. Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you following... Thirty-eight to three season finale at Paul Brown Stadium, where the Bengals were in line to break all the record. They couldn't even break the records. Uh, they give up four hundred and four yes. rushing yards to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, which was three away from the Super Bowl era record for most rushing yards allowed by a team. Going back to who? The Corey Dillon game against the Denver Broncos back in 2000. That's how ugly it was. The Bengals were embarrassing on every in every way that you can be embarrassing. They were on Sunday ending a season in as bad a fashion as you can, dominated by the Ravens curb stomped in the process yeah i thought it was going to be bad when we did our predictions on thursday i said 24 6 um i didn't i didn't think it was going to be close but i i never imagined this i either way the 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 offense being as bad as they were the defense being as bad as they were this is about as bad of a look as you could possibly have which is not a great sign when you've got jobs hanging in the balance and that is really the cloud that hung over this game reports and things coming out about coaches that are not going to be retained or moving on happening over the course of this weekend players out there playing knowing that environment the aj green leaving thing hanging over this and that was another debacle in its own right and all of that just sets for just a, a really pathetic embarrassing way for this season to end in what you that you hoped had a little bit more of a positive vibe to the way that you finished it off. And for all the talk in defense of effort and guys not quitting on anybody, they got steamrolled. And they, and they were lifeless and beat up and, and, and all of that stuff. I, I run out of adjectives at a certain point to describe it because it's, it's just the worst possible thing. We're going to run through some, some of the aftermath of this both in the short and long term. So we're going to talk about tr- how truly awful today was. And Jay's, of course, got stats on that. Uh, we're going to talk about A.J. Green. We're going to go then into um, the coaching situation, which where all that goes from here, from the head coach on down the staff and and where all that stands as we really track this. I mean, so we're now going to enter this period over the next couple of days. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, we're on it. We're, we're, we're working it behind the scenes to try to keep you abreast of this situation and, and where it stands right now. So we'll get into that. Jay, uh, start with how awful this truly was. <laughs> what's your what's your favorite awful stat from, from Sunday? Um, it, it might be, and I still need to look up the relevance of this, but 404 yards we talked about, uh, rushing yards allowed. Um, 189 of those came in the third quarter. And that, that may be a franchise record for – for most given up in a quarter. It might be an NFL record for most given up in a quarter. And the, the damning thing about it is, yes, it was bad all the way through, but they get a field goal at the end of the first half. 
and it's 17 to three and you get the ball first coming out in the second half and you're thinking, hey, put a little something together, get it, get maybe you get a touchdown drive, you get a one score game. There's that little glimmer of hope. They go three and out yet again. And then it's just wham, wham, wham. I mean, the, the, the Ravens just blowing them off the ball. Guys, there's missing gaps, missing tackles. It was about as bad of a look as you could have. And I, I wonder what, it, like you said, they were on the cusp of setting the record and they didn't set it. I, uh, it. It could be the most rushing yards allowed through three quarters. It was just that bad early on. And really, what was the Ravens, at least their last two, maybe their last three drives were the Bengals' defense – held them without a first down and, and really kind of kept them from getting that record. Um, but but that's, I mean, for the, the previous record for yards allowed, rushing yards allowed by the Bengals was 313. They almost broke that by 100 yards, 404. They passed the 313 mark with little under two minutes left in the third, third. quarter. Yes. Franchise record. I mean, this was the ultimate team lays down Thinking of the off season, I, I got I to credit our guy Seg, Seggy, Seg <laughs> Denson, yes. who who had the score as uh, Ra- whatever it was at the time. Ravens thirty one, Bengals or not Bengals though, CVG three <laughs> was what, and it was. I mean, it was it was the ultimate team has cashed it in and thinking about a, a team that really has had its mind on the off season. Clearly said, hey, you know what? We felt like we put in our work the last two weeks. And now all this crap, everybody's thinking about where they're going next and a lot of people bailing and jumping ship. And it just seems like a team, you know, that was a, a, a team that sees a very disruptive off season in the future and played like it. Uh, I think – and that's, that's a big part of this. You know, Brandon Allen for the, the reigning FedEx Air Player of the Week follows it up with O.O. On the passer rating today. Yeah, I mean, That's we always do. We talk about the Andy Dalton 2.0 game. This was worse. 0.0. Six completions the whole game. Um, only one team has had fewer completions in a game this year, and that was the Broncos the week that all of their quarterbacks were in COVID protocol and they had to use a practice squad wide receiver <laughs> as their quarterback, and he completed one pass. Uh, six was the second lowest. Third lowest. Also, your Cincinnati Bengals with seven completions in a game they won that week, that week 15 game, the Monday night game against Pittsburgh, where they were able to just run the ball really well. Ryan Finley had seven completions. Um, that's, that's another one. Six completions in one game in this era is almost unheard of. It, I mean, and especially when you're considering now, and it go, it, you, you go back to, okay, well, how bad that Houston defense was. The bottom line is, you know, when you play some of these good defenses, this is this is all this is part of who they kind of have been. All right, before we move on, let's take a quick break. So they, they don't even score a touchdown on the Ravens all year. You know, they they lose twenty seven to three in the first game and thirty eight to three in the second game against the Ravens. Um, you couple that with the destruction that happened against Pittsburgh the first time. Um, you know, a long way to go in the North. And, and it's just as much as you felt like maybe you gained from those first two, it, this really just sets you back when it, when it ends like this. Um, AJ Green, as we know, um, one away from tying the franchise record for receiving touchdowns. Not only can he not get a receiving touchdown, 
couldn't even get a catch. We ended up at six targets, I believe. Yeah, six targets, no catches. Two of them picked. Yep. Um, forcing the forcing the ball and Brandon Allen now with a great throw uh, on the interception in the end zone. Mm-hmm. A couple of DPIs that he had in the end zone that set, seemed to set them up. They tried to go get him the record, and it went terribly. Really, no catches. You talk about f- unfortunate, but fitting ends to this season, not to AJ's career, but to this season, a season defined by these games that we've talked about. How does AJ Green play that much and have no catches? And here's one last one on to the record for that for him this year. It was sad. He ran off, tossed his gloves and his cleats at, to some fans that were uh, up around the tunnel and sort of skipped off uh, into the future. And I think everyone is under the understanding that AJ will not be back playing for the Bengals anymore. And it's a sad way to see a, a great career here come to an end. It really is a shame. And and I know a lot of people are frustrated just by reading on Twitter the the – them trying to force the ball. I don't have a problem with them trying. The game was out of hand uh, for the most part. And, and trying to get A.J., I, I, I didn't have a, a problem with that as much. I, I think the, the biggest shame is seeing T, T. Higgins go down so early with a hamstring injury because the Baltimore's got really good corners. And you take T. Higgins out of the mix and you've got Tyler Boyd and a age-addled A.J. Green. It just it wasn't going to happen. Um, but I, I, I thought that was when we talked to Brian Callahan this week, he said they weren't going to try to force it, get AJ the record. Clearly that was at the forefront of their mind, uh, trying to get that for him. I, I thought that was, you know, it, it didn't work out. So it looks horrible, but I, I thought that was a solid gesture on, on Zach's part to, to at least send him out with that record when the game's out of hand. Why not? Yeah, when I mean when you're sitting there with nothing else to play for and you're down in the end zone, you might as well, I mean, you should be trying to probably try to throw it to 18 anyway. So you do. It doesn't go well like everything this season pretty much. Um, and, and that ends up where that ends up. So we move on out of this now. And and like like I said at the top, and we're, we're going to be tracking this. Look, where, where it stood coming into today was everyone was under the assumption that Zach Taylor was safe. And I think that was that felt as safe as anything out there, and you know there was I think there was an understanding inside of the club that that would be the case. You wonder what a true embarrassment like this in the final game does to potentially alter that pre-existing status. Um, we'll find out. Like all these things, and we go back. We've done this a lot with Marvin watch over the years. Uh, I mean, we've seen that run into one, two, three days, four days. I think we had a Marvin watch one year. Um, It might Mike and Zach, the front office, they will all sit down, talk it over and talk through things and figure out where they go from here. From, from my seat, he's still safe. Um, We don't know that, that because we don't know what effect today had. I think the assumption was that almost any outcome today probably wasn't going to change the fact that the last couple of weeks secured what was probably going to be an okay uh, a job where he was going to stay anyway. Um, does today change that? Mike, not overreactive as an owner, as you know. Um, so I don't know if he would overreact to the last game of the year. But again, that's not something we know. The thing is, this is it's not out of the ordinary. Not for Bengals. Not for anybody. This happens in week 17 quite a bit 
were the team not playing for anything. Now it's not happening with the Bengals because we had the stat about how they win these home openers year or home finales year after year after year. But across the league, this is not uncommon for a team that's out of it to be playing a team that's playing for something and it doesn't go well early and it just snowballs into something awful. If this game happened week 15 against the Steelers, then yeah, I think Zach might be in some real trouble, but I'm not sure after the last two weeks, I'm not sure even this debacle will be enough to, to unless Mike's mind was made up already, but how could it be after the, the way they played the last two weeks? I don't think this is going to be enough to, to sway him to pull the trigger and start over. I would agree with you on that. The other side of this is the really here's what, here's what we know and, and reports have been out there. Um, at least Jesse has had a, a few of these over the course of the weekend that leaked out early. Um, and what we know right now is a coaching staff that will be out will be wide receivers coach Bob Bicknell, offensive line coach Jim Turner, which, you know, Turner we discussed earlier in the week. We saw this coming. This yeah. was going to be the move, the kind of the big move that, se- that seemed like it was going to be the one. We talked about it on Tuesday. Um, and so that that is, is where that stands. Um, report out of Kentucky, out of UK, that Jamal Singleton will be going to join UK staff as a running backs coach, the current Bengals running backs coach. Um, we said when you're looking where the change is going to come from, look in the trenches. That's the case on the defensive line. Nick Eason, Gerald Chapman, your defensive line coaches, both out. So all the trenches coaches essentially gone as far as the, the main ones that we know about. Uh, quality control underneath that we're, we're not reporting on at this point. So that what does that leave, right? So behind that, you have quarterback coach Dan Pitcher, tight ends coach James Casey, offensive coordinator Brian Callahan on offense amongst your main coaches. Um, defense, you have linebackers coach Al Golden. You have cornerbacks coach Steve Jackson and, and safeties secondary coach uh, Robert Livingston um, left behind. And, and again, more could still come with them as we get through this week and see how this all plays out. That all will come out this week. The one we talked about all week and we've been talking about for a while now is – Really the one that didn't seem to have a path and then maybe the way they were playing in the game against Pittsburgh maybe blew up on the potential path to Lou Anarumo, Anarumo actually returning as defensive coordinator. You know, it seemed that it was up in the air. You know, from everything that we'd heard, that was undecided at this point. Unlike some of these other ones that have come off the board that seemed already in the books for a while. And this was the one that's sort of really unsure. And – Boy, if it's if you're I feel like you're hanging in the balance and you're trying to leave one last impression, this ain't the one. No. Um, because here's the thing. When when you are historically bad like this in a spot like this and completely unable unable to do anything, we, we can talk about Who's out there? They don't have good players, right? And they got these guys. Mike Daniels was out with COVID. Mackenzie Alexander was out with an illness. And they're already down all these defensive tackles. And and we know what they've been, how they've been ravaged. I mean, Jalen Davis, at one point, is Jalen Davis, Tony Brown, and LaShawn Sims. Sims out there at corner. This They're overmatched. There is no doubt. But for it to be overmatched, you still can hold your own a little. This was disengaged, run over, embarrassed in every way. If if it's if it was hanging in the balance like it was supposed like it supposedly was, 
to me, this this should end that discussion. And, and it has felt like that has been the direction they've needed to go from my chair all year. A lot of this progress that we've talked about for the defense has come against these defenses, or the, excuse me, these offenses that are in the back half of the league. We've pointed out and run these stats for you over and over and over again. These are offenses that had most, a lot of them had backup quarterbacks. They were all in the back half of your the league in DVOA or whatever your stat you want to use. When they face real offenses, it has gone like this, like the game last week in Houston, especially the second half, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, just embarrassing them. And then you go back to the earlier part of the season, same thing, the middle part of the season, Baker Mayfield, uh, Phillip Rivers, all of these guys that we saw do the same exact thing. You can't be that. You got If you're going to look at the big picture – you, you you were what you were. You were a bottom quarter of the league defense again. You've had two years, and that's where it has landed. To me, that probably that is the direction that should go. As far as what we know, we don't know yet. That will be the biggest thing to see drop. Will be does Zach hang on and the status of Luana Rumo as we go through this week. Let's stop here real quick to hear from a sponsor. Something you, you've talked about on a previous pod, how coaches hammer this all the time, is the consistency angle. And it's like you, you see that, even regardless of who they're playing, whether it's a great offense or a mediocre offense, you, you see these flashes where they have games. It's like, okay, they are improving now. I, I spent some time last week. I was, I was going to write a story on this, and I just I couldn't make it work. I broke it down. I broke down the Bengals' defensive performance into quarters. Games 1 through 4, 5 through 8, 9, 9 through 13, or 9 through 12, 13 through 15. I tried it by going by five games at a time. So you would have three equal parts, 1 through 5, 6 through 10, obviously, and, and 11 through 15. And there's you, – you can't see a direct line one – it's, it's, it's so up and down. It's like, oh, well, they were great at, in this stat. I looked at a bunch of different stats, um, third down, turnovers, interception rate, Yards allowed per game, yards allowed per carry, yards, yards allowed per attempt, everything. And it's everything's over the board. It's up and down, up and down. And there was no actual flow. Like you, you couldn't say they were getting better. There would be periods they were getting better. And then it would turn back around and look kind of, I mean, nothing as bad as today, but you would see a, a stinker like this. And I just, I think that's the big thing that, that maybe there, there was some flashes there, but just overall, it wasn't good enough. It wasn't consistent enough. If you just boil it down to the two Ravens games, Lou had a pretty good game plan for that first Ravens game when Lamar's knee was hurt, and they blitzed him a lot. They kept him in the pocket. Maybe the Ravens kept him in the pocket themselves. But it wasn't. It was. It was a surprisingly good defensive showing in that game, and then the complete opposite two months later today at this. I just. I don't know. I, I kept going back and forth where I thought Lou was gone for sure, and then I thought, ah, yeah, I think he's going to come back, and I don't know how he survives this one today. There's you pointed out, and I think it's the perfect way to put it. There's no way to make the numbers work. No, there's there's no way to make the numbers of progress. No matter how much you're trying to talk about guys, they were missing. Everyone's missing people, and and granted, they're missing key pieces. And in that, you are fighting an uphill battle with that stuff sometimes. But you know, either, <laughs> it's just an even playing field where everyone is dealing with different pieces of adversity. And how do you make it work today? was not about the players. 
I mean, don't don't tell me that it was about the players when you give up when you nearly set an NFL record for rushing yards allowed. That is being bullied and demoralized and having your foot out the door. And and I, you know, to me that's that's the big one that I think you can you can see happening, you know, over the coming days. All this to be figured out. Meetings with coaches, discussions with coaches, the discussion with the front office really first and foremost to get that thing started, which at these all things always typically happen on the day after the season, I would anticipate we'll start moving forward on that Monday locker clean out happening on Monday. Uh, we should be hearing from some semblance of players. I don't know how many we'll get without being around in the stadium. Cause normally you're in the stadium and lots of, this would have been a good locker room to be in tonight. Yes, for sure. Uh, instead, you know, we kind of, you know, it's like it is with the zoom, you get a few guys that had some superlatives in the game, I suppose, whatever those were. (laughs) Um, and and you're not going to really get any of the real stuff that probably is percolating right now. And we have to to go over to the club, Jay, me and you to go over to gala and and see see who's up in there. I got my mask. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway, so that's where it stands now. We, of course, will be updating you as things go by. We, we, we reach emergency podcast season as well. We're, we're going to continue to stay regular, of course, to be planning the Tuesday podcast. But as these things evolve and change, we are here for you. We will be uh, staying on our regular schedule, but emergency podcasts are always one announcement away. So uh, keep, make sure you keep it locked. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, to us, whether you're listening on iTunes or on The Athletic. If you're a subscriber, you get all the inside information that we will have for this. We will be tracking this stuff uh, as it evolves over the next few days and try to get a better picture of exactly where the Bengals will be going from here, specifically from a coach's standpoint. And then, of course, we'll enter the player standpoint time of year. And a lot on the table. Draft position, uh, Bengals will pick in the top five as we record this uh, we don't have the results, obviously, of the Sunday night game, uh, the Eagles or what's going on um, in front of them with the uh, Titans game in Houston. So we, whatever happens with that, we'll decide where. But top five pick, you know, you can see a Jamar Chase or a Penny Sewell certainly in their future, particularly the way Justin Fields played. Report today out that the Jets uh, are – planning a big trade this offseason with that number two pick, either trading out of the pick for someone who wants to come up for a quarterback or trading Sam Darnold and picking a quarterback. Good news for Bengals fans, that means a quarterback goes too, and that is one more player that would slide down to them, whether we're talking about Sewell or Chase or whoever you think that could be, whoever is your pleasure, um, they will be on the board probably when the Bengals pick. We will see exactly where that is um, as the results uh, continue to come in tonight. So – from a very sad, depressing Paul Brown Stadium one last time here in 2021 now. Uh, Ravens 38, Bengals an embarrassing three. Uh, four, 11, and one, the final record this year. We move on to the offseason. It should be a very, very eventful one. We will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.